Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Athersford District Council Planning Committee meeting for Wednesday the 5th of April. Um, some housekeeping before we start, please. Um, we're not expecting a fire drill, so if the bells do ring, please make your way down through the double doors and assemble on the grass circle where our fire marshals will look after you. All mobile phones should be switched to silent, please. And members, we are recording and broadcasting this meeting, so please make sure your microphone is switched on before you speak. Uh, apologies for absence, Alistair? There are none, thank you very much. Any declarations of interest, members? Councillor Freeman? Town Council, member of. Which Town Council? Southern Ward, sorry. Thank you very much, Councillor. Southern Ward and Town Council, thank you very much. Any others? Thank you. Right, the minutes of the previous meeting were circulated. Can I sign those as a true record? Thank you, I shall do so. Uh, Mr Brown, are there any changes to our agenda today? Yes, Chairman. Um, agenda item 5, UTT 16 straight 3255 FUL, Little Maple, Faxford. Um, I suggest that's also pulled from the agenda. Uh, there's a procedure issue that needs to be sorted out. There was a there's been, a ch there's been an amended plan submitted to which, having looked at it, we felt that we should have re-notified the Thank you very much. Nobody here waiting for that application? Fine, thank you. Okay, the first item of business is item three, application 163566. It's an application for full planning consent at Stansted Airport, and Karen Denmark will make our presentation. Thank you. to a 1.8 hectare site in Stansted Airport and it's located between the terminal and the Radisson Hotel. Um, to the south of the site you've got um, short stay car parts in the bus area and um, the uh, passenger drop off area um, and, and to the north you've got the operational um, airfield. Excuse me, Karen, we're not on the screen. Okay. <laughs> 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 
right, so as I was saying, it's a 1.8 hectare site in um, Stansted Airport. Um, to the west you've got uh, the existing terminal and to the east you've got the Radisson Hotel. To the north you've got the operational airside and along here you've got the short-term short car park and um, the bus, um, bus station and um, you can uh, drop off passengers up here. Um, going into the site you've got Gorefield Road which runs round back here and then runs underneath the um, terminal as a, um, a service road for the terminal. Um, you've got um, part of the site here is um, currently um, I believe designated as the green car park. Um, there's a bit of landscaping um, where you've got the drop down from the um, forecourt area down towards Gorefield Road and there's a bit of landscaping separating um, the site down here. And this area is largely hard surfacing, um, contractors parking, um, waste storage facilities and um, things like that. Um, so the proposal relates to the erection of a dedicated arrivals terminal building which ha would have a total floor area of 34,384 square metres. The building would be set out over three floors. The upper floor, which is um, identified as the concourse level, is where um, foreign uh, passengers would arrive and you would pass through the immigration hall here. The rest of the building would be void in these areas here. Having passed through immigration, you would then go down the ramps here, down onto what's known as the Mechlin level, where the baggage reclaim area is. Um, then you would pass through the customs area, and then out onto the arrivals concourse and then you can go out onto the arrivals forecourt area where you can go to your onward destination like car parks or buses or through to the um, train station or even to the hotels. Um, passengers from the common travel area such as the Isle of Man and Channel Islands, um, they would arrive in the building on this level and pass through baggage reclaim, then through the customs area and out. And then um, on the lower level, which is called the ground level, you've got the baggage factory, um, so where the bags would be unloaded um, to go up to the baggage reclaim area. And domestic arrivals would arrive into the building at this level and um, go to a separate baggage reclaim area then up to the medicine level and out through the concourse. So this gives you sort of like a schematic um, idea of how passengers would move through the um, airport. So your international arrivals arriving at the upper le level, passing through immigration, down through the ramps, down to baggage reclaim and out, common travel area arriving on the medicine floor um, and then passing through baggage reclaim and out and then um, common travel, sorry, domestic arrivals um, coming out down here. I'm afraid the plans are probably not 
the best in being reproduced on here. Um, the building is essentially a square box. Um, we'll hold these up so you get a better idea. Um, unfortunately, because they're such a big class, they don't go down very well in the So you essentially It's 146 metres by 105 metres um, and it would be darkened glass towards the back of the building and then the front of the building would be clear glass to emphasise the front of the building. Um, the building would have a height of 20 metres which is, which is approximately 4 metres lower than the main terminal. Um, in terms of history, planning permissions previously have been granted for a two-bay extension to the existing terminal to accommodate increased passenger flows. Um, this was initially for uh, passenger throughput of 25 million passengers per annum and it's now been increased, um, it was subsequently increased to 35 million passengers per annum um, with a consent granted in 2008. The 2008 consent has been implemented in this extent. The applicant does not wish to implement the two-bay extension and views the proposed development as being a more efficient way of accommodating the modern requirements for security and processing passengers. So this proposal represents an increase in floor space of, um, of 5,345 square metres over the two-bay extension previously permitted. And if consent is granted for this standalone building, then um, it's unlikely that the two-bay extension would be um, needed. Um, so no objections are raised with regards to the principle of the development by the Parish Council, though they do have a few general concerns. Um, no objections are raised by the consultees, and the proposal is in accordance with policy Air 1, and it's recommended that the application be approved in accordance with the recommendations set out in the agenda. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. Uh, we have one speaker on this application, which is the agent, Mr. Alistair Andrew. And you have, yes, please, thank you. You have three minutes, Mr. Andrew. Chairman, thank you very much. Um, I won't take up too much of your time, I just wanted to say a few quick words, really. Um, since MAG uh, acquired Stansted Airport in 2013, uh, our passenger numbers have grown considerably. We now have seen 7 million addition, uh, additional passengers from when we took over, and that's a growth of over 40%. We've also attracted new airlines, more than 40 new routes, and created the largest network of European destinations in the country. And this provides greater choice and competition for our passengers. But the granting of this planning permission for a new rivals building would enable us to transform our infrastructure and facilities to give the passengers the best possible experience. Stansted is already playing a vital role in the national, regional and local economy and this development would strengthen our ability um, to do this by enabling us to make the most efficient use of our single runway and increasing direct employment opportunities. We've developed this arrivals building so that it fits architecturally with the current terminal, that it includes modern sustainable building technologies and combines seamlessly with the surface access network already at the airport. We encourage the officers have been able to make a positive recommendation to the application and we endorse that so report and the suggested conditions and we'd be very pleased to receive the committee's approval today. Thank you. Thank you Mr Andrews. Okay, members, it's over to you. Comments, questions of the officers? Councillor Lodge. 
share. Um, one particular question, first of all. Um, it talks about the extant planning permission so, and, and a two-bay extension. First of all, where is that? Which, which end is it? Is it, uh, is it where this uh, is now going to go, or is it the other end? And how is it still extant after uh, the uh, elapse of such an amount of time? Which is going with the Okay. Um, the the two bay extension was originally um, intended to go here. Um, the Planning permission had eight years. It wasn't a standard three-year consent. It was eight years, um, and they've implemented one part of uh, it related to the provision of lots of different infrastructure, and um, so they've implemented the consent in so far as they have implemented the construction of the additional area on the fuel farm. Um, so the consent is still extended in that respect. Um, so the, the principle of the development, if you like, has previously been approved with the consent that was granted in 2008, which was essentially a repeat of the consent that was granted in 2000, well, the 2001 application. I'm still confused as to, as to where they could possibly go ahead. Does this mean they could, well, on the assumption that this gets approved, does it mean that they still have permission to build then at the southern end of the terminal, should they want to? Uh, and do we want to uh, look at that as part of the conditions for, for this application? The consent essentially related to the other end of the building, but they would need to submit details for that. And then you would need to then consider whether you, whatever happens today, you would need, if they submit the details for the extension at the other end of the building, then you would need to consider that um, in light of whatever decision is made today. Yeah, I'm not, con I'm not too concerned about it. It could, could well be it is appropriate for the extension of the other end, but I just wanted to know what the process was, this, this uh, sort of very partially implemented approval of a, 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 an extended number of years is, is something that we don't, we don't meet very often, so I just wanted to be clear. So if, we came, if they came back and wanted to build at the other end, they would have to submit, and it would be more like a detail, wouldn't it? So the principle is accepted, yeah, okay. I think that probably then doesn't concern me too much, thank you. Just before I come to you, Councillor Freeman, just to expand upon that point, if I may, um, any application that would come forward would be for a particular use attached to it. At the moment, that um, permission was for an arrivals hall, as this. No, the consent, as I understand it, was for a two-bay extension to the terminal, so it would be for terminal use. How that terminal was then subsequently divided up and used internally, um, whether it was an overall extension to um, the arrivals or whether it reduced um, the the departures section around, or however, they, you know, so long as it was part, part and parcel of the terminal, it would have been up to the operator as to how they wish to rejig the internal. Right, layer. so this is not a substitution of a 
than the intended use of that area. Councillor Fruit. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Can we go back to the previous slide that you were showing us, please? Which one? One before this. <laughs> that's it, that's fine, that's good. Okay. The, I have problems with this application, Chairman. One of the problems is that this is, I think it was a Norman Foster design building, and along the top left of that picture, you can see the things called trees, uh, which are metal structures that hold the roof up. Uh, and they are repeated all over the original building, uh, a bit like walking through a forest, and that was quite intentional. The proposed uh, building here is simply a glass box, and although minimalist design is also very attractive, I think it doesn't sympathise, it's not sympathetic to the original award-winning design, and I think it should be. Uh, and when folks have talked about extending that terminal before, they've talked about extending the trees, in other words, making the existing terminal building longer, wider, whichever way you want to look at it. Uh, and this isn't that at all. This is um, uh, an airport terminal building tacked onto the side of an award-winning uh, construction airport in the country, very carefully designed. Uh, it's just a cheap tack-on, basically. It's got 5,000 square metres extra space, well, good, fine. Uh, but I think it's a, a cheap way of doing it. And various comments in the officers report, which I think is very good, um, you, you're quoting various representations. One is that 60% of the existing building, the existing terminal, is dedicated to a shopping mall. Uh, I'm reluctant to build a very cheap shopping mall here, and this is what it's possibly going to be. Um, and as I say, the primary concern is that it's not in keeping with the original building, which was very carefully designed, uh, and I think that it's inadequate for this purpose. I, I, I would have difficulty consenting this. Thank you. Uh, Councillor Mills. Uh, thank you, Chairman. Um, I have no problem with the building and the concept and expansive expansion. Um, we've got to do this, really. Um, but I do have a problem with the statement of surface transport interface. Um, I think there's already a problem at the airport. I think from the presentations we've seen, putting a nice plaza in the front, I still think we've only got two lanes of traffic that is now going to feed a large departure and arrival structure. And I think it's something we're going to have to look at. Uh, we may not be looking at it under this application, but we're certainly going to have to look at it when they come in for an increase on the numbers. Um, it's already a huge problem at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the mornings and late at night. Um, the 15 minutes lag from when you get in there to getting out is becoming impossible. Uh, it's, a, it's a big problem for those of us that use the airport regularly. So um, happy to go along with this and I shall be going along with the application for approval. But uh, this is a problem waiting to happen and it's going to have to be addressed at some time. Thank you. Councillor Lockton. Thank you. Um, well, I agree with Councillor Mills, but um, what I'm concerned about is um, on page 26, 13, um, I mean, it's ATM 1 and 2 and 3. I don't understand what the, how the number of flights, takeoff and landings, what that has to do with this planning application. I thought we were judging the building, not the amount of uh, aircraft. Okay, the 2008 consent um, had specific conditions which were linked to certain elements of that 2008 consent. These conditions, the ATM conditions, were linked to the two-bay extension to the terminal. So the 
if we don't put these conditions on, there will be no cap, essentially there will be no cap on the number of flights that can operate from this, but um, there will be no cap on the, on the um, aircraft movement. Um, and because they're not intending to go ahead with the two-story, uh, sorry, two-bay extension to the terminal, and this is an alternative, then we need to put these on to ensure that the cap follows through from the 2008 consent to this one. Otherwise, there will be no trigger point for that. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, just a couple of things. The first is that we've had uh, two issues raised, one about the style of the building, and second about traffic entrance and egress, neither of which have been addressed. And might I ask, please, for the, the officer to address those issues before we go any further? In what way is design not addressed? I mean, the wasn't asked for a response. Um, design is subjective. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you know, in our view, it is, um, it's, it is a, it's not the, the main building. The main building is the departures building. That has the primary role. And it is right and proper that it sits in that award-winning building. This is more of a subsidiary building. It's the arrivals building. Um, and people are generally passing through to go home or on, onwards. But, um, and so it has, in many ways, a lesser role. And therefore, not to, you know, where, where do you go? You can either have a building that is contemporary and fits in with the airport um, generally, or do we go for another award-winning building which then competes with the award-winning building next door? You know, it, it, in terms of design, it's okay as far as we're concerned. You know, it, it's, it, there, are, there are no reasons to refuse it on design grounds, as far as I that's my opinion. You may have a different opinion, in which case then, um, you know, you know design is subjective from one person to another. You know, somebody might like one style of house, somebody else likes another style of house. It doesn't necessarily mean that we can refuse it, because, you know, in my view, it, meet, it meets the design requirements for the site itself. Sorry, the reason I asked the question is because we need to, to find some kind of clarity. I assume, therefore, that the officer is saying that they, they did consider it, they did address the issue and decided it was acceptable. Um, the second issue raised was the question of traffic. Now, that is a big issue, and if we started to look at, at, at planning applications to increase the efficiency and flowing of, of, of passengers, we have to also look at the quality of the traffic. Um, uh, added to that, a monopoly of, of, of taxi drivers from the stance, it makes us a, a bit of a, a logjam, and as someone who uses the airport far too often, it is something if we don't solve now, we can keep on increasing the size of the building, but we're not going to increase the efficiency of the process, we're going to have more and more difficulties with the traffic. In terms of traffic, um, the traffic impacts of the two-bay extension have already been considered, and this is an alternative to the two-bay extension. There are mitigation measures and packages in place in the Section 106 agreement associated with the 2008 consent. They have kicked in and they will be triggered and um, re-triggered at various points. 
and so the the traffic has already been considered <coughs> and the mitigation measures are there already for this. So this application on its own doesn't significantly increase um, the impacts. The, the impacts have already been considered for 35 million passengers. So the, the consent has already been given on the basis of the impacts of 35 million passengers. So this application at the moment does not seek to increase the number of passengers thir past 35 million. The mitigation measures for up to 35 million are there. Um, if and when the airport wants to go beyond 35 million, that will be a new planning application with a new environmental statement and considering the environmental impacts, including the traffic and the highways, um, and that will come at that stage. But this application on its own does not seek to go beyond 35 million. Okay, thank you. Councillor Right, just a quick question. This building um, obviously was won awards for design, etc. Um, is it possibly it could have been listed to protect it? And possibly that would have had a, an effect on the design of the uh, second part. But I guess it isn't listed. Nope. So we put it on the design level. Yep. Councillor Freeman, you want to come back? You can make an application oh, to the appropriate department, should you wish, um, but um, it is unusual to have buildings listed when the uh, design was still alive, um, but should you wish to see it be listed, then you're quite welcome to make the appropriate application. My point to that, that, that's not what I want to do. I mean, let's get that on the record, but my point was the circumstances would have been different and would have provided some protection for the, uh, you know, the skill of the uh, designer. With when you do an addition building site, that was my question. The considerations would have been different. If it was a listed building, then we would have to uh, look at it from um, a protection of heritage assets point of view, Absolutely. which we don't have to do at the moment. I know, and, and, and I know you can list modern buildings as well, they don't have to be you know, 300 years old. Um, well, in that circumstance, there's nothing to object to as well as I'm concerned. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Wants to come back? Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, I, I think it's disappointing that they say, well, it's just the building. I'm talking about the Norman Foster one now. Uh, and, well, you know, that's it, really. Um, that building was designed so it could be extended. And if you want to extend it, you simply build more trees. It's designed for that in mind. It's always prefabricated. Of course, the argument that it doesn't really matter what the iconic, because it wasn't like an iconic building, it not just win awards. It's actually noted as being exceptionally attractive airport departure uh, and embedded in the countryside in such a way it does not impact upon the surroundings almost at all, uh, almost not at all. Um, so the way to extend that is to build more of those trees, there's four per bay, five, let me see, maybe there's six, uh, and it's designed with that in mind. Uh, otherwise you may as well say, well, we'll put some porter cabins next door, but that'll be okay, that'll be fine, that'll be okay, it's nice and cheap, let's do it. I think we need to uh, look after our heritage rather better than this. And it's in a way surprising it's not listed, but okay, Norman Foster is still alive, so I guess that on that criteria, perhaps, uh, I think that's possibly a bad criteria to apply. We need to treat our heritage, uh, our built environment better than this, in my view. Uh, this, air, this proposed extension could be in any country, anywhere, um, built down to a, a price, and I don't think it's fitting for this environment. I, I would venture to suggest that <coughs> a two-bay extension at this end would not be big enough to uh, accommodate 
the proposal here and uh, more than two bays extension on that might be considered uh, to ruin the proportions of the existing design. So I think we are where we are. We have this building here which is um, eminently suitable for the purpose um, and uh, let's get on with it. Um, Councillor Chambers. What I would like to do is propose approval, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Does that find a second? Councillor Hicks, thank you. Did you to speak, either of you, at this time? No, thank you, Chairman. Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Councillor Davey? Just one observation, and that is, from what I can see, there is a considerable number of bike racks and cycle facilities in that area. Will they be replaced? That should be a condition. The highways modifications to around the terminal are permitted development rights and um, the operator obviously has to make this work for all his passengers um, and therefore that's something that uh, we would need to lead to their best judgment as to how that um, is accomplished. Councillor Rowlsey? Um, yeah, I just want to add, um, that I think you, you can miss buildings which uh, even the is still alive. In fact, the Willis building in Ipswich, which is an insurance. Can we uh, move uh, away from that? No, no, I just want to make the point. It was actually designed by Norman Foster, and yes, it's listed. So just for the record. Okay, thank you. Um, one matter I wish to raise, um, Mr. Brown would like some advice on this. Um, obviously, this uh, improvement to the flow of the airport will enable the numbers to grow to the 35 million limit and will encourage an increased use. That will bring <coughs> more passengers uh, via cars. Um, we do have a problem in some surrounding villages where uh, we have speeding traffic and I'm wondering whether there's any um, possibility of those villages affected by speeding traffic who may be people being late for their flights and in a hurry within a 10 mile radius as they suddenly realise that time is uh, precious, um, whether we could apply to that fund for vehicle activated signs to help slow the traffic down. Possibly not a question for me, possibly a question for uh, another place, but that's an option. I think we need to think <coughs> around this issue. Yeah, so, yeah. okay, so we, we will make noises out of Okay, thank you. Right, I'm um, going to go to the vote now. Councillor Lodge, sorry, yes? Yes, i just like, um, well, uh, one or two things still, if I may, but first thing on 8.3 highways, it talks about uh, Section 106 agreements, and I'm, I'm imagining, like my first question, it goes back to previous agreements, but the conditions for approval are completely silent on that, so the question I have before I come back with some other issues is, are we comfortable that we will be extracting the money we require for the uh, highways requirements? That is a process through the Section 106, which is outside the scope of this particular planning application. Um, but it is up to the Highways Authority to make the right approaches to the relevant people to get that money where they need it. And um, I believe there is an ongoing discussion about um, getting the, uh, the 
finance and the infrastructure in the right places, but that is um, outside the scope of this planning application, so we can't bolt it onto this and it will be inappropriate because it's not related to this particular development as such. It's related to the development of the airport up to 35 million passengers, which is the 2018 So we'll be relying on Essex Highways to get it right. I think it's pretty, it's pretty relevant in that we just, uh, some members will have received, in fact I received today a, a, a proposed uh, upgrade to, to Junction 8, actually I'm not sure what, which, which members actually received that. Um, and so it's conceivable and it, and it would actually be, be, be um, very appropriate that some 106 monies goes, goes to that project. Uh, however, I, I, I take what you say, and I think we have then to leave, leave, leave it to, um, to other areas to do that. But it, give, it gives me some concern, because I think we always have the power at this stage to try and make a developer do, do the right thing. But I, I will leave that for the moment. If I can come on to other, other areas that, that I think we do need to consider. Someone, someone has mentioned earlier that the existing terminal is in fact one massive shopping mall. Um, I think those the one or two regular users here they they find that you uh, you go through there's there's actually nowhere to sit while you while you while you're waiting for your for your plane uh, and obviously i would imagine that part of this application is that that will free up space so that the existing departures facility will will be improved however I find it uh, very unsatisfactory that we're seeing none of that um, in this application. So the developer could, should he want, actually go ahead and, incre uh, and increase shopping space in the, uh, in the, in the departure area, uh, even while getting um, the new um, um, arrivals hall. So what I would want to see would be a very clear plan of the split of the areas between the various functions of the airport. So the, um, obviously the, the, there's, there's got to be the security section, uh, they will want some shopping, there should be lounges where people could sit comfortably while they're waiting for the flight, there will be restaurants, there will be pubs. I find it totally out. Uh, unsatisfactory that we have seen none of this in this application. In a moment I'm going to propose deferral of the, this application and ask for the developer to, to come back with those figures because I think it's extremely pertinent information that we should see when we're looking at um, this application. Also other things whilst if um, if other members agree with me that, that we should look to deferral whilst we, we get clarification. There are other areas that, that I would also like the, the developer to consider as, as part of this application. Uh, one is on night flights. I think that members will be aware that we have a significantly higher proportion of night flights from uh, Stansted than from the other major airports around London. I think this is, this, this is um, a very sad reflection on the way this airport has been planned. The airport in the countryside, if it's an, air, an airport in the countryside and rather in the capital city, it ought to have these sort of considerations very much at, at the forefront and particularly when we're looking at significant changes to the airport. So I would like to go back and ask about those considerations when 
uh, if we do it further, then it, that, whether it comes back to uh, this committee. Also, one, one other thing for the airport in the countryside and, and relatively local users, uh, they find that the drop-off charge when, when people simply passing through to drop off or uh, pick up is, is, is entirely iniquitous. Uh, and on top of it, it doesn't really work very well. The, machine, the machines at the end don't work well, they, co they cause unnecessary queues in the short amount of time that you have. So I would like to, the operator to look at the removal of those charges so that uh, traffic can move through much more, much more clearly. So uh, I now would like to propose a deferral this application until we get clarification on those points. Thank you, Chair. Before you, uh, before I ask for a second on that, I'll just remind you um, that this council has a committee called STAC, Stansted Airport Consultative Committee. If, if we were to approve this application, that would be their first job, to go knocking on the door of the operator and say, how about talking about the drop-off charges? How about trying to improve this? How about trying to make sure you get more space for passengers to sit? I think you're undermining a committee that we have working on the very problems that we have with having an airport in our district. Although we also have the benefits. Anyway. May I come back to your comments there, Chair? You may. Thank you. Uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the committee has been working for a number of years. Uh, I've only been here for two, so I can't give a real answer on that. Um, I think a lot of these concerns have been voiced. They have had no success that I have seen in uh, addressing those particular points. I think that this is uh, very simply an appropriate time to get the points across most forcefully. Councillor Lofton. Thank you. Well, I haven't used it myself, but I believe that you can go online and local people can get a reduced rate for parking at the airport. I'm not sure how much it is, but it's a lot cheaper. It's 50p um, if you're within 50, five 50, Well, there you are then. 50p, and if you want to go online and take the time to do that, you won't have to worry about your parking charge. Right, fine. Okay, we have a proposal for a deferment. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Fairhurst. So we shall vote on whether we defer this uh, application for one month. All those in favour of deferment, please show. All those against deferment, please show. So the deferment proposal is lost. We will now go to a vote on the proposal we had from Councillor Chambers, seconded by Councillor Hicks, for approval. All those in favour, please show. And those against? And any abstentions? One abstention. Thank you. That application is approved. <coughs> and the next item on our agenda is application 1636609. It's an outline planning application on land adjacent to Great Hallingbury Manor in Great Hallingbury. And Mr. Brown will make our presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Um, this one's a bit of a different one because this, we have a recommendation for refusal on this application. So uh, the stance of the presentation will be slightly different than what you're normally used to. Um, members visited the site this morning, and I think that was beneficial. Um, members recall that we, the 
where we, where the site is, is currently accessed off the um, Great Allenbury Manor Hotel access way. So the road goes through there and you cut through into this particular area here. And it's quite a straightforward site. The extent of the site is the whole site is screened by trees. Um, there is a number of, if you like, there's three, three areas that you've got a recommendation of refusal. First of all, in terms of policy grounds, the site lies in the open countryside. And not only that, it lies in the countryside protection zone, which is there specifically to prevent coalescence between the airport and the, and the countryside. And exactly what we've just been talking about is it's an airport in the countryside, and by developing areas within the, the CPZ, um, we're actually potentially undermining that. Um, the site is in the open countryside, members will see that. Um, I'm not going to dwell on that anymore. Members have seen the site and, and we drove out for the benefit of the people in the audience. We actually um, left the site and went through the, um, through the Great Allenbury Hamlets, which is a series of hamlets. The second stage of this is there are some technical refusal reasons <coughs> to this application. Um, it is an outline with all matters uh, reserved for 35 houses and there are some outstanding issues. There are some outstanding issues regarding drainage um, and there are some outstanding issues regarding ecology. Um, the drainage issues has resulted in a recommendation of refusal from the council, from the county suds team. Um, we had a recommendation of refusal from highways, um, but um, what has happened is that the developer, the, the agent for the applicant has, has approached the county highways directly, and uh, the, although the matter of access is, is still a reserved issue, um, what has happened is, and if I go forward slightly, there you go. The original, this is a very difficult drawing to follow, to be honest, uh, but what is actually happening is the, 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 the actual problem was the visibility coming out onto the, onto the main road. What is actually happening, the access will go across the area, um, so it actually accesses, rather than going straight out, this is the current road that goes out onto the main road there, uh, which is the airport road that goes round. The proposal is to move the access, the whole of that shooting match, across and into that location there. Uh, and that in itself will achieve the visibility display. So the highway refusal reason has now been removed, so that we do not have a highway refusal reason. Although we still have outstanding issues regarding the subs issue. Um, there is an undermining, underlying uh, objection from the environmental health team who have objected to it in terms of noise. And I think if you go to, it is, it is well summarised within, I think, 5.5. Point, point uh, paragraph, page 44, 10.76, um, <coughs> uh, which talks about the uh, aviation policy framework, which talks about uh, noise from airlines, airports, and uh, the any development above 57 decibels should be, it, it advises that we should be rejecting, we should not be supporting applications where the noise level is above 57 decibels. Um, the site is in, within the contour, uh, which is, it is application within the 57 to 67 LEQ contour. That is where the noise level is. It's above that level. So that is why you have a very strong objection to the Council's environmental health in terms of noise. There's two bits to the noise. The first issue about the noise is the houses themselves, and um, although the houses may be able to be designed to manage to keep out noise, it's, it's enjoyment of one's gardens. And you know, we've been talking about night flights, we've been talking about um, general development. It is considered that 
the development of this site would result in noise pollution to those people living in those houses that goes above the World Health Organization's recommendations. So it's quite a serious, quite a serious issue, and that's why you've got a recommendation of refusal on those grounds. Um, so I've done it in those order. There is an additional refusal reason that I would suggest. Now this is a, always a technical one. If you're going to refuse a major application, um, I'm not saying this couldn't have been achieved, but if you are refusing permission, you are refusing permission without a Section 106 and without a Section 106 package. And so there is additional refusal reason that says the proposal to not provide any mechanism to secure the infrastructure requirements arising from the development, namely the need for the provision of 40% affordable housing, 5% low-cost start homes, financial contributions, sorry, 5% low-cost start homes not necessary on this particular application, uh, contributions towards the mitigation of impacts to the education facilities, highways and health service provision, um, as well as provision of open spaces and provision of sites. Um, in addition, you'll see the other technical objection comes from, that, from the ecologists who, who says that this is a loss of a unimproved grassland which would normally be mitigated by, it's unavoidable, if, 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 we, if we allow the approval of this site it would be unavoidable, but if we did allow it, it as part of the 106 per package, we would require um, the reinstatement of that on a, through, through in another location to compensate for it, it's a compensation issue. So it is basically an additional refusal reason that actually indicates the, the lack of section 106, which could always be sorted out if, 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 if it was mindful to approve. So members, you have a recommendation, a very strong recommendation of refusal on the grounds of the, the noise issue, um, and members can make their own judgment in terms of the situation, in terms of the vote in the secretary, the application recommending for refusal, Chair. Thank you, Mr. Brown. Um, we have several speakers for this application, the first of whom will be one of our colour, non-coordinated uh, district councillors, and it will be Councillor Leslie Wells. You have five minutes, Councillor Wells. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Um, as has just said, I'm the Lord Councillor for the Hullingbury's, along with my fellow councillor, Councillor Artis, and I wish to voice my support for this application. Um, we'll each cover different aspects of it. Um, I'm aware that the development is supported by the Parish Council and indeed the wider community, as it will provide much-needed housing for younger members of our community who wish to remain in the area where they've grown up and be close to family and friends. It will also provide more suitable housing for those wishing to downsize and again remain in the area. There's currently very little of this type of housing available. Um, as has just well, uh, been mentioned about the highways, um, I'm also aware that although insufficient information was available to satisfy them, that's now been resolved. Um, I also know from the applicant that they are more than happy to facilitate the required 40% affordable housing and their previous offer of eight units was purely down to a misunderstanding of Uttlesford's requirements and indeed they're happy to comply with any necessary percentages both by way of mix and affordability. Finally and most importantly I would like to comment on the issue of sustainability which is one of your refusal reasons. To suggest that anyone can exist comfortably or reasonably in Great Calibre itself without a car is ridiculous. There are no bus routes through Great Tullingbury. In fact, bus routes that do exist from Takeley to Bishop's Fort are closer to the proposed site. There is no shop, no school, no health facility, no post office, no pub in Great Tullingbury. A car is required to access all these facilities. 
In fact, the site itself is closer to access on the M11 and the A120 for the commute to work or the mainline station at Bishop Sportford. The hotel is adjacent and a petrol station offering mineral facilities is close by. Additionally, and more importantly, the many shops and facilities offered by the market town of Bishop Stalford are easily accessible and indeed used by most of the neighbouring villages. Much has been made in the officer's report about sustainability, which itself is subjective, after satisfying some basic principles. Indeed, the report does illustrate both sides of the coin, but does tend to err on the bleaker side, denying sustainability due to poor conditions. However, to prevent development to a community that aspires to provide for its residents doesn't help sustainability. I speak to you in favour of this application today and hope that after you've considered all matters fully, you will see it as a positive scheme for Great Hallingbury and you will be able to support it. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor Wells. And our next speaker is Councillor Keith Arthas. And you too have five minutes, Councillor Arthas. Thank you. Um, before, before I start, I'd just like to thank you all for coming to, to the site this morning, particularly um, some of your questions as well, and particularly which even I hadn't thought of, but anyway. Um, Councillor Wells and myself have represented uh, Hatford Broadacre and Great and Little Hangbury for many years, and more recently, uh, Great Canfield too. We've, we give advice and support on a number of issues, but it is rare, indeed this is a first actually, that we've both requested to speak at a planning committee meeting. We would only do that if we felt it was something of fundamental importance to the, committees, uh, to the communities we serve. We are most disappointed that this application for open market and affordable houses next to an existing hotel, which incidentally has given this support, has been recommended for refusal. I asked for this application to be called in if it was so recommended for refusal. The reasons I cited, cited were the objection by the airport, the need for local housing and the sustainability of the development. Looking at the airport's objection first, now I appreciate that at this morning's meeting uh, Mr. Brown said that their letter should not have addressed noise, but only issues of safety. And as NATS, the, the traffic controllers, have said there is no safety issue here, but it nevertheless, we're still concerned about the, the letter of objection. Uh, it was critical of the location from a noise point of view. But it also, of course, revealed a subtext of concern that they could be liable for compensation payments, which, of course, uh, can always be sorted through, uh, uh, through restrictions on the development. The letter, the one you see, recognised, however, quite correctly, that the decision is one for the planning committee to make, taking into account all the evidence of sustainability of need. I always find it quite ironic that the airport should make an objection to a development on the basis of the noise it itself was creating. <coughs> I'm sure members of this committee must see the cheek in that approach. Indeed, you've had another expansion-related application from the airport today, and will do so in the future. Uh, we discussed this issue at the uh, Council's Stansted Advisory, uh, Airport Advisory Panel and members were so concerned that they requested I write to the uh, Chairman of the Planning Committee and you've see, received that letter uh, in, in your pack. But basically it, it was very concerned that um, uh, this Council should take uh, any objection from the airport, uh, give it undue weight when considering noise issues of developments locally. And whilst the, air, whilst the airport letter is the focus, I think this principle is very important. If the planning team decides to recommend refusal for any proposed development in villages near the airport on the basis of noise, then no application would ever pass. Our villages would stagnate and die. 
The issue is clearly one of sustainability, and sustainability is a word often used in the officer's report. However, there are two ways of writing a report. For instance, one is to say you can't develop because there are no buses or other facilities, as Councillor Wells has said. But another view might to say that if communities were to be more vibrant, the demand for services would grow and follow. To look at things in a negative way reported, you would think that Great Hallingbury was on its last legs. And if this negative line were followed, it will indeed ensure that our communities die. I like to think on the positive that there is a future for our communities surrounding the airport. The need for housing. Well, Great Hallingbury isn't going anywhere. It can't change its location. It is where it is. Uh, and it was there first. Uh, but it does want to survive and grow. It wants to retain residents of all ages and continue to be a sustainable community. At a time when this council is having to allocate the building of many more houses, indeed 50% more, 50 more than the officer's report suggests, when our five-year land supply is questionable and at serious risk, and local campaigns are resisting the pro proposed scale of development in their area, how can officers recommend refusal for a development that is actually wanted? It's wanted by the villagers, it's wanted by the parish council, it's supported by both district councillors. There have been no letters of objection, only of support. This is almost unheard of. It's an easy win for the council and the community both, and no one would think this council accursed if they approve this application today. In fact, it will be welcomed with open arms. The sustainability of the development. When I first called in this application, Nigel Brown emailed me and in it he said, whilst I appreciate that our judgment of the sustainability of the site is subjective um, and is something that can be considered within the judgment of the committee, this isn't really the case of the airport projection. So we already know that the airport projection noise ground is invalid. What's more, the staff committee has effectively asked for a noise policy refinement for villages and communities near the airport. However, the admission that the sustainability aspect is subjective and it could be decided by this committee, is effectively saying, yes, we've written what we're technically supposed to write, but if this committee think, thinks the survival of our villages, despite the airport, is more important, then you're invited to say so and approve this application. All councillors must support our residents. I beg of you, you have the authority. Support the residents of Great Hallenbury and approve this much-desired application. The grounds for approving it would be on a district housing need, local housing demand, the sustainability of the social and built environment of our local communities. Please vote for the future of Great Hallingbury. Thank you, Councillor Arthas. Um, our next speaker is from the Parish Council, and that's Councillor Townsend. You have three minutes, Councillor. Thank you. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Alan Townsend, Chairman of Great Hallingbury Parish Council. Um, Great Hallingbury has supported this development since it was first proposed. It came about following a survey carried out by Andrew Noble in 2012, which proved a need for affordable housing and housing to enable more senior residents to downsize and stay in the village. We want this to be an opportunity for our young people who have grown up in Bray Allenbury to be able to afford to stay in the village. Equally, older residents who do not wish to move away may also have a chance in a smaller property within the village. Further to the survey and Andrew having plans drawn up for the public site, the proposal for housing has been kept in the public eye at local events held in at a hall, such as our litter picks, and people have shown great interest. 
No objections have been received by the Paris Council and we feel the proposed housing would be an asset to the village in order to keep our village alive. For these reasons, I request that the committee give support to this application. Thank you. Thank you, Councillor. Our next speaker is the applicant, Mr. Alan Noble. Andrew, I do beg your pardon. So, Sophia, you recommend You've got three minutes, Mr. Noble. Thank you. <clears throat> My name is Andrew Noble, and I'm the owner of this site. I purchased it in 2011 after discussions with the Parish Council and the Athelstead uh, planning team on the need for new housing in Great Hallingbury. You may have noticed on your visit to the site this morning that the land is of poor quality and not suitable for agriculture. It has a hardcore and rubble content throughout. Demand for housing, both affordable and open market in Great Hallingbury, is astonishingly high. And over the last few years, I've been approached by literally scores of people inquiring into the progress of this application. The ages of these villagers range from 20 to 90 and their interest is either that of having grown up in the village and wishing to continue to do so, or those wishing to downsize into more manageable units. No such housing exists, and I think this, is a, this project would inject desirable vitality into the village. Furthermore, the Parish Council has received nothing but encouragement from villagers in regard to this development. As has been said, we are prepared to accept conditions that require 40% affordable housing, and also accept the revised layout which has now been agreed with Essex Highways. Yes, we live near the airport. I've done so for nearly 30 years, just as close to the flight path as the site, but it doesn't rule our lives. It is not an ordeal to do so, and surely it would be not in this instance. I want to contribute to the survival of our community, and I believe that this scheme would assist in no way, in no small way, in that aim. I would ask you please to help Great Hallingbury to be sustainable, a sustainable community and to approve this application. Thank you Mr Noble and our final speaker is the agent Kevin Coleman. And you two have three minutes Mr Coleman. Well, good afternoon and thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, well, hopefully members um, had a chance to read the letter that we sent out at the start of the week um, in which we provided our response to the six reasons for refusal that are on the uh, report in front of you today. And from my letter you'll be aware that in fact both of the two suggested technical reasons for refusal relating to highways and drainage matters have now been resolved with Essex County Council. Uh, the necessary updated plans in respect of highways were formally submitted to the Council on the 15th of March and you've had a copy of the uh, revised highway access shown today. Um, the Highway Authority has confirmed that it agrees with that. And the Drainage Authority has also formally responded to withdraw its objection and that response from the Drainage Authority was appended to the back of my letter. The four remaining reasons for refusal relating to an alleged lack of sustainability, the countryside impact, impact on the CPZ and the issue of garden noise are in fact all matters of planning judgment. There are no hard and fast standards or regulations in respect of these matters and it is entirely open to the planning committee if it so wished to conclude that the benefits of the application outweigh the concerns raised by your officers. 
uh, and we believe there are benefits from the application. Firstly, the proposal provides 35 new homes, which, as you've heard, will assist in maintaining your five-year land supply. The applicant is happy to ensure that a good mix of property types is provided to meet a range of local needs. Uh, secondly, and even more significantly, the proposal will deliver affordable housing in a location where, as you've heard, there is a need for affordable housing. And the applicant has asked me to confirm that they are willing to provide the full policy requirement of 40%, uh, as well as the additional contributions that your officer referred to in the presentation uh, that you heard earlier. Thirdly, the application includes the provision of a sizable area of allotments, again, for which a need has been identified locally. And fourthly, and coming back to the revised access, um, the proposals achieve uh, a significant improvement in visibility compared to the existing situation. And as you know, the existing access is already in use. The revised access achieves the correct visibility displays, so there's an additional benefit of highway safety arising as a result of the application. Uh, as you've heard, the committee will be aware that there's local support for this application expressed both in writing by those who have written in and, of course, the representatives from the community that you've just heard from. That local community support is a material consideration and a matter that I would suggest and ask the committee to attach significant weight to. And finally, and in the interest of clarity, the applicant has just asked me to confirm that there are no other proposals for further development at this site. Uh, this is the application that's, that's before you and, and this is the intended use of the site. So in conclusion, taking the benefits of the proposal and the local support into account, I would like to ask the Planning Committee to resolve to grant Planning Permission, uh, subject obviously to the completion of a Section 106 agreement to cover the matters discussed. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Coleman. Uh, before we start, members, um, I'm going to ask Mr Brown to clarify a few matters for us. Thank you. Don't worry, I'm not coming in for another go. Um, I just a couple of issues come out of that. First of all, um, what Councillor Artis said about the sustainability issue. It is a subjective issue. That's absolutely the case. And I think, but don't forget, this is this is an example where we are. You're used to us coming to you at a committee and saying that something is unsustainable, and uh, you know that something is sustainable, and then you basically have to demonstrate a refusal that is unsustainable. Um, this is the case, it's the other way around. So therefore, if members feel this is sustainable, then that's where you need to be going. Um, and I would also add that there is a number of technical issues that have been sort of attempted to be addressed at the 11th hour directly with the, um, the County Council. And uh, the highways issue has come out, and I've got no reason to disbelieve, but I don't know whether the studs issue has been sorted out yet. Um, so I would say if members are, if members are in a position to approve this today um, and I'm not prejudicing how the debate is going to go but if members are not important I, can I suggest that rather than try to make up conditions in section 106 up on the hoof if members are mindful to approve this then it's approved with the also the proposal to come back with the section 106 package and with the suggested conditions and at the same time we can sort out all those technical issues with consultation responses uh, but everything what the last speaker said is correct. It's your judgment in terms of the sustainability issue. Um, the noise issue, it is what it is, and members need to reconcile with themselves, with themselves if they were going to approve planning permission with those noise issues around it. The technical issues, 
Hopefully they can come out and wash if members of them are idle, but you still have a, a recommendation of refusal. And I'll leave it to members now. Thank you. I have Councillor Freeman and Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, rather unusually, I would like to propose that we approve this application. Thank you. Does that find a second? Councillor Fairhurst? Sorry, on that, I just come back on that one, one more time. If you are going to approve against oh, yes, us a recommendation, sorry. you have to give us a reason, reason. why you're going sorry. against us. Okay. Uh, there's a legal judgment as the yes. The reason why we go against you. Why, yeah. why we're are the planning committee? We can go no, against you. No, that doesn't wash. No, we have this last time. We need you a reason. You can do this. You know you can do this. <coughs> if members are mindful to approve something against Office of Recommendation for refusal, you do need to give clear reasons because there has been a court judgment where that has been challenged. You do not, you can need to, okay, we've got the general public are in support of this application. Everyone in the room over there appears to be in support of the application, but it needs to be clear to the man of the club and one of us in terms of why members have gone against officer recommendations. So that needs to, I'm sure you can do that, but. Uh, well, there's the proposal. In, in terms of uh, approval, I would say the site is sustainable. And we have. Uh, that's enough. That's not the case. Well, I, I think that's enough. Thank you. I'll, I'll leave it there. Yeah. I'll stop talking. There we are. Yeah. So, in, in your opinion, the site is sustainable. You want to approve it, and Councillor Fairhurst? Yes, I would make an amendment. I think it's not only is it sustainable, but we need to also say it is necessary. When you outside the development levels, you have to demonstrate that it is needed or necessary. And the fact that the, the parish are in support of the process and saying it's necessary for the survival of the village is a pretty good. Uh, compelling argument for that. So I would, I would add that if, if the proposed period accept that. Okay, fine. Thank you're you very also, much. There are other technical refusal reasons which you're assuming are going to be sorted out. And we, we, but there's also the noise refusal reason that you need to, to reconcile in terms of recommendations. Chairman, I'll just add to that. The, I think we need to address all those things and I think that, that, that uh, Nigel Barnes has actually helped us with this process by saying that our, our proposal to accept is based on, on, on the terms that he had discussed and coming back with his 106 and other conditions that actually seem to be being sorted out. Thank you. Councillor Mills. <coughs> Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think we can add um, protection of the five-year land supply for the reasons. Um, I understand that we're going to defer anyway, so uh, I, I would just like to add there's a couple of reasons possibly coming forward. Uh, we're sorry, we're not going to defer well, necessarily. We're going uh, what to I want to do and clarify is that um, in giving the permission, we still are giving the uh, the officers the ability to actually formulate the 106 in the form that they would like to see it. There is a technical term for what we may do. Mr Brown, I'd love you to... Yeah, the, first of all, the proposal isn't to defer. The proposal is to accept the application subject to the term sexual... But it's not the 106 coming back. It's going to be heads of terms coming back to you. Um, I mean, the 106 could be sorted out at that time, I just don't know in terms of land ownership and all sorts of things. But in reality, it's the terms of that 106. Yeah, Councillor. So my question is going to be, if we approve the application, are we taking away some of your ability to get the, you know, the complete terms into your package? No, you're not. If you, if you just allow us, and, and at the bottom line is, I would hope to bring that, okay, we haven't voted yet, I would hope to bring that to the next committee, but if, if the terms mean it's much more complicated, but it gives you, it now gives, if, if members are mindful to give the resolution to approve, then that means approve. that technical issues, 106 package, everything else can be sorted out. In that case, can I come back on a few points? Um, the area in blue on the map um, and the area in red, 
um, do not join up. So I'd like to be sure that that area that is between the two is actually not forming part of the site, if you see what I mean, yeah? That's that area there. That's that area there, okay? Because it's not comprehensively, either it's out or it's in, yeah? I understand it's out, but it's not very clear. That's the first point. The second point is that the area in blue, I understand perhaps from the owner that there would be no further development. Is there any way we can actually protect that? No. Okay. You can never only, by, only by refusing any application. That That's fine. There. So, you know, there's a general, general consensus that we would be refusing anything that did come forward. 40% um, affordable. Can we go with 10% bungalows? Because that seemed to be the demand from Great Hallenbury. Um as one of the conditions. At the moment, members members will be approving the final package, but I'm yeah, happy sure. to take okay. away these indications. Yeah, this is just things that I would like to see included. And obviously, technically, on the soundproofing of the properties, I, I don't know whether that comes in with your environmental officer, but as such, triple glazing, adequate insulation, everything else. In other words, if the specs are up to um, that level, if we can actually that those would be in the conditions points. that you might attach to it. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay, if we can get those points that in, would then cover, I'd buy That would cover the, the house themselves, assuming it can be. If it can't yeah. be, I'm telling you that. That's fine. Okay, now that covers my points, thank you. Thank you. Um, it struck me, Mr. Brown, um, with the guidance, please, the time. If we are minded to uh, resolve to grant permission, um, We'd get another outline application come back with the conditions and the 106 heads of terms. Should we not be able to wait for a full application to come in and deal with it all in one hit? I would say that it's advisable to do it at this stage under the outline stage because um, from what I'm seeing, there's not a developer on board regarding this necessarily. It's not a, a developer that's, that's interviewed. So, so therefore it would be at a later stage when the reserve matters, so I would do it at this stage. Okay. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, <coughs> I must say, it's, um, with regard to this application, it, it's incredible that for once in uh, a blue moon, um, we, we have full support from local people in terms of the local district councillors for this patch and also from, from the uh, chairman of the parish council uh, and it seems the public at large and it, it grieves me but I can't help but feel that the officers have got it right and that the, uh, um, this development on this site was not qualified under any of the three requirements for sustainability. Social, economic, and environmental. I think this site is contrary to all those requirements. And when you add that to the fact that uh, it is situated in the countryside protection zone, which is uh, imposed around the airport for good reason, uh, it seems to me that. Um, the officers indeed have got it right and that there, that there is a very good reason that this uh, development should not take place in this, in this position. I, I, I'm sad about it, I'd love, I'd, uh, 
much rather um, satisfy the needs of local people. But the fact is that they live where they do, and this land is where it is. And uh, uh, I, I do not believe it's right for a, um, a 30 house development on this site. Thank you, Councillor. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I actually agree. I think the officers have got it absolutely right. Um, when I read this the first time, it seemed a little bit odd. We've got support of all the people, the residents, and we'll be guided by what the residents want. But I've been very well guided today by the officers in terms of the, the actual decisions we have to take. And being guided, I feel very strongly that if we, if we agree with this process and we approve the process, with the conditions being guided by the officers, we arrive at the right solution. So, yes, thank you very much to the officers for the guidance, but I, I firmly believe we should approve the site. Councillor Lockham. Well, <coughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> well, that was a joke. Yeah, that's a first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hope it won't be a last. Um, I I'm really, really concerned about the CPZ. I'm minded to remember the Fairfield application, uh, which, as you know, is part of the local plan, um, the old local plan that was, re was found unsound, because the inspector was very firm on the countryside protection zone because part of that site was in the countryside protection zone and I've been on this committee I think it's 15 years and I've done both of the airport applications and I know how hard we fought to have a countryside protection zone it is a very strong policy and it stops building all over the district in the countryside protection zone and as much as I would love to see 35 houses, affordable homes, and then again, affordable is subjective, that depends how much you earn and how much the house is, so we can't call them affordable. Uh, they might be uh, more affordable than a five-bedroom mansion or something, but um, uh, so I'm, unfortunately, I will not be voting for this. Thank you, uh, Councillor. Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, <coughs> Mr. Chairman uh, as I said last night, I've been on this council a long time and it is very rare that you get a small village like Great Allingbury wanting to have 35 houses. Now I can see the reasons for refusing it, but I think the overriding thing for me is that because everybody is, as I can see, in favour of it, who are we to say that we refuse it. I'm sorry, I, I, you, you've just got to think about a little bit more, whether, yeah, but you've got to think a little bit more about the, you've got to have policies, but you've got to have flexibility too. And in this particular instance, that I think it would be only right and proper, and I couldn't live with myself if I didn't say that we should, in this particular case, approve it. So I shall be voted. Thank you. Councillor Freeman, come back. Please. Yes, thank you, Chairman. Um, as far as countryside protection zone is concerned, part of the report suggests that this has been breached already. It doesn't say where, uh, but it's an allegation of one of the representations of the parish council, I think. Uh, and my experience from sitting on this committee, and I also sat on the planning committee, which then called Development Control, uh, when we were considering the airport application some 12 years ago. Uh, is that these things like CPZs come in and they go out and they're used when they're useful and they're not used when they're useful. I think there's a certain amount of attenuation in this, a certain amount of judgment required. 
And it is ironic, as has already been pointed out, that the airport stands there for itself, objects and the base and noise, 57 loudness equivalent units, uh, should be experienced at night, not more than that, between 2300 and 700 hours. Um, the point is that night flights are a standstill speciality mainly for freight. And so if they want to protect the houses that are going to be built here, they just simply have less night flights. Simple, you know. It has an awful lot of night flights, and carriers um, of freight tend to use older aircraft which are much noisier. Now the point is aircraft in general are getting much quieter. And so although that site we, Mr. Ryanair, over it very conveniently so we could actually watch one of these aircraft at close quarters. You could see the pilot, that was okay. Um, but you know, they are actually getting quieter, and uh, I think that that problem will become less and less of a problem as these houses mature. So I don't have a problem with them being consented, that's why I proposed it. Uh, I would like, however, to try and preserve some of the trees. Now, the new entrance, which isn't on the slide shown on the screen. Actually, I noted when we were on the site visit, actually goes through some decent trees. And it would be nice to have some plantings to mitigate the loss of those trees. You can't, you can't avoid losing them if you're going to put a road through there. But you can at least mitigate it to some extent. But I still commend this for approval, Chairman. Thank you. Chairman, can I just bit of a note of caution here? Um, there, there was lots of comments there about noise. Um, you could be faced with applications from the airport about noise. You just dismiss the idea of noise. So be very, very careful when you do that because you could be receiving stuff from the other end. But I, I know that's not what was meant. And secondly, the CPZ has been breached, has been breached specifically in Elsinham and in other areas and also in, in um, Takeley as well, it has been breached. The, the CPZ has also been reviewed in terms of is it fit for purpose. It is fit for purpose. So, again, be careful in being quite dismissive about the CPZ. At the moment, you know, members may feel that this is, this, is, this, is, this is an opportunity and this situation means that it, it might be acceptable to breach the CPZ. But don't throw the baby over the bathwater in terms, of the, in terms of the relevance of the CPZ. Just be very careful. I, I, I would say it's an exception then, Chairman. I would add exception. Thank you. Uh, my view on the CPZ is... Um, that its primary function is to prevent the airport spreading into the countryside. But also, uh, in this instance, you can see clearly illustrated here, we, this development is going further away from the airport. It's not going into an area that's not currently occupied by houses and their business. Um, so uh, I think this is one of those on the cusp type of situations where you could look at it in, in either way. And at Molehill Green, we did actually consent to a development within the CPZ, but it was moving away from the airport. So um, to my mind, this is moving away from the airport um, within a settled area. Any further comments? So Councillor Fair. Yes, Mr Chairman, just to address what Councillor Lockton raised, I think we all agree that, that, that CPZ is sacred and we want to support that. So this is not in any way dismissing that the value of CPZ. I would also suggest that today we saw the site and it's almost or virtually a brownfield site. The ground is not um, fit for agricultural use. It isn't a green lush meadow for us. 
and that's important for me that justifies an exception. I also think that noise is critical in this issue, and it's probably the best measure of noise, which is always going to be a subject to think who hears it, are the local residents themselves. They put up with it every day. I mean, as someone who lived at the, at the hotel for about seven weeks, I got used to the noise in about a week. So these are all relative things, but I do believe that both noise and CVZ are critical, but in this case, an exception is justified. Fine. Any further comments forthcoming? Well, we have a proposal for approving this application. Um, now, is that in principle, Mr. Brown, that we say that, or do we just say? Yeah, I think we. I think before, because there's going to be quite a lot of work involved, both from the applicant, his agent, and by the authority. So I think they want to get some certainty that you're actually recommending approval. It's just the details that've been sorted out. So Fine. when it comes back. Hopefully, it'll come back in May. It will be following the resolution to approve. This is it. We're not going to come back with a recommendation for refusal again. If members are actually approving it, but we're not going to issue a decision because we, we need a form of words on the approval to protect our interests in terms of conditions in section yeah. 106. So, how do we term that? How do we word that, please? Approve subject to approve. satisfactory. Yeah, so uh, approve subject to. Conditions and section 106 to be returned to us for approval. Fine, thank you. For further approval. Agreement, yeah, thank you very much. Okay, so on that uh, premise, we will go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. And against? And that application is therefore approved. And we will now move on to item 6 on the agenda which is application 17-0216. It's an application for full planning consent at Wood End, Whittington. And Mr. Luke Mills will make our presentation, members. Thank you. two detached houses which would be accessed via a shared driveway off Wood End, shown here. Each would be provided with a double garage and the community orchard would be planted beyond the rear gardens, that's here, with access along the north side. These are the proposed elevations of plot one, the northernmost dwelling. This one in the top left being the front elevation. And these are the proposed elevations for plot two. Again, in the top left, the front elevation. As explained in my report, it is considered that residential development on the site and the consequent loss of openness would have an adverse effect on the character and appearance of the area. This opinion is consistent with recent appeal decisions relating to the site. On the basis that the adverse effect would outweigh the positive effect of the proposal, it is recommended that planning permission be refused. Thank you, Mr Mills. Uh, we have speakers on this application. The first of whom is John Wally. You have three minutes, Mr Wally. Thank you. 
Good afternoon, my name is John Wally. I live 200 yards further down Woodend Lane than the site being discussed. My house is at the end of the lane, indeed it's at the end of the village. I'm probably now the last working farmer in Widdington in that I live and work on the same land. In retirement I now run a happy farm where I'm raising a herd of rare breed cattle. I know the land under discussion quite well as I've been contracted to mow down the vegetation each summer in the last few years. It has not been fit for hay production due to the number of weeds therein. The land is not attached to any house or farm. 25 years ago my children knew the land as the donkey field, as two donkeys lived there. But it seems that the use of donkey carts has ceased and so has the demand for donkeys. Horses have been grazed there but they've always been removed at night for security purposes. I would advise that in farming terms I would consider this to be a brownfield site. As in urban environments, land use moves on, and so it does in the country. The field can no longer be used effectively for productive land. It's too small to cultivate in today's world of large machinery. It could feed a, herd, a small herd of cattle for a few days a year, but I feel the village is no longer ready for a small herd of cattle to be herded up and down the lane, as in times gone by. My concern is that this land has had several development proposals made upon it, most of these have been thrown out due to the fact that land is designated as outside the village envelope, whatever that is. I live 200 yards further out, but I consider, still consider my house as in the village. Wood End is a ribbon development with this one small field halfway down it, with houses on both sides and opposite. The field is not a village amenity, it is a breeding ground for weeds of all types. The area was once described to me by a land agent who was trying to sell me land up there as the best example of heathland in East Essex. North Essex, sorry. <laughs> that does not mean I support random development land of land outside the existing village, especially if the land can be economically used for agriculture, even though it's only used for grazing land. It is my opinion that if there is a continued objection to this land being developed, a larger developer is going to t get their teeth into it with sufficient financial clout that will force development through. If that is the outcome, the development will not be for two houses as it is, it will be for 20 houses, crammed in there as they will have to offset all the planning objections, you know, projection costs. With the previous observations in mind, I am thus in favour of the current proposal. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Wally. Um, our next speaker is Kenneth Kemp. And you two have three minutes, Mr. Kemp. I'm Kenneth Kemp, a resident of Whittington since 1993. I'm one of a group of residents who responded to the general concern that in the 21st century the Whittington village environment was threatened by unsuitable development. Through a series of public meetings, exhibitions and surveys, we produced the Whittington Design Statement, which some of you may have seen in the past. As you know, this is an advisory document. It's not concerned with planning regulations at all. It's to do with the more ephemeral part of the village and the way that people live in it. 
Through a series of public meetings and exhibitions and surveys, we produced this statement, subsequently adopted by Uttersford as a supplementary planning document. The document, as I said, was advisory only, and it has continued to be used to protect and enhance the visual character of Whittington, either by supporting or objecting to proposed developments. Today, I am here to support this proposed development. As you heard from the previous speaker, Wood End, the location of this application is a typical old village road which at the turn of the 20th century had a couple of houses and now has, 160 years later, 15 of different size, age and style. Cottage, bungalow, semi-detached, detached, terrace, in a linear format. And that growth happened, as with many old villages, very gradually over many years. A small field shown on the map in the case officer's review is the one remaining possible development site which could continue the linear style and rural character of Wood End. It is not a field of agricultural value or charm and it is not a village amenity. A part of the field has been sold and added to an adjacent house. It's not surprising therefore that there have been applications to develop in the past and more recently to build first six houses and then subsequently four houses, they have been refused. Using the village design statement criteria, I also objected because the developments of that size would have fractured the existing linear pattern, affected village density and certainly diminished the rurality of Wood End. However, I do support this application to build two smaller family houses of a size and a style in a linear format along with the community orchard shown there that will blend into the wood end character. It's a development that will neither clash with nor intrude on the surrounding properties. Quite simply, it continues what has slowly happened in wood end over the years as the house number went from 2 to 15. Furthermore, it meets three of the VDS guidance points for me relating to suitable village extension, number of new houses and village density. I'll conclude by thanking the case officer for his detailed consideration of both the planning pros, and there are some, and there are a number of cons, but I do regret his recommendation to refuse. I do not believe this development would cause any detriment to the existing rural character and appearance of Woodhead, and I'm asking this committee to grant approval. And I would add that past council considerations of development applications in Whittington have involved subsequent site visits, such as the rather difficult nature of assessing the effect on an existing rural environment. You may feel that that applies with this application. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Campbell. And now we have the applicants, Sarah Switzer and Dawn Truscott. Are you going to share the time? Okay, you're welcome. You've got three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, firstly, for the opportunity to speak to you today. The planning officer approved of the scale and design of this proposal and agreed to adhere to much planning policy. His recommendation is based solely upon policy S7, but limited weight should be given to S7 due to its conflict with the NPPS, which takes a positive approach to appropriate development in rural areas. 
The recommendation does not evidence significant harm to the setting, but concedes that most impact will be negligible. The site is well screened by protected trees and hedgerows, is bounded by the road, by dwellings either side, and by the curtilages of two properties at the rear. The proposed dwellings would have a distinct 19 metre gap, maintaining the open view. You will be familiar with White Ditch Lane Newport, also beyond development limits. It has poor access, is bounded by open countryside and playing fields, and is characterised by sparsely located dwellings. Yet, applications continue to be approved. Winnington has numerous valuable amenities, including the bus service, which connects to Newport. The NCPS advocates development in one village supporting services in another, a view reinforced by this planning officer when he recently recommended approval at a site two kilometres from its nearest village, Henham. Furthermore, our proposal will improve the biodiversity of the setting. As you've heard from the editor of the village design statement, in contrast to previous applications on this site, our proposal is in keeping with the sorry, the sensitive size, size and design in, with its conclusions. It is within the village settlement, is sensitive in size and design, and would keep the village development below the 10 new homes which it recommended. Infill is not defined in planning policy, but must reflect the size and character of its surroundings. The application site is smaller than the average width of plots across this section of Wood End. The two plots would therefore be considerably smaller, and so in keeping with the random nature of the lane. Our application received 19 representations of public support, and there are no objectors here today. It is backed by our district councillors, and the parish council voted unanimously not to object, and this has never happened before. Furthermore, the principle on the site of building on the site already exists, as in the past, approval was granted for the re-erection of two houses with garages. Arguably, the development needs to take place as Plot 2 will provide a lifetime home with specific design to cater for my daughter, a child and future adult with learning and physical disability, in a village where she feels safe. This is supported by the 2011 Statement of Government Policy for Adult Safeguarding. In conclusion, as the local housing supply remains fragile, sustainable development outside development limits may be granted. The NPPF overrides the protective approach policy at F7. This proposal complies with paragraph 7 and 14 of the NPPF and sits well within the local vernacular, making a positive contribution by conforming with the low-density linear development. Any adverse effects do not significantly or demonstrably outweigh the benefits, and so we very respectfully request that permission be approved in accordance with the presumption that, in, that it is in favour of sustainable development. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Right, members, over to you. Questions, comments? Councillor Fairhurst? Yes, Mr Chairman, I'm not, I'm not sure why we are looking at rejecting this, this application. It seems to me that it does comply with our opinions today, um, and it is in keeping with the rural nature. The houses themselves look very much like the rest of the houses in the area, and what we've learned is that the alternative would be you know, mass housing on the site, which may give us more houses, but certainly would be detrimental to the site. It is, um, S7 has got exception in this case when it's needed, and I would, I would, I would wonder why we're being, I need more guidance on why we should be looking at rejection of this. Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chair. <coughs> Councillor Hicks, um, I'm just going to ask visited the site today, I would have thought that this development proposal was absolutely in keeping with the uh, nature of the uh, village of Willington. Um, it uh, 
put to good use a piece of land in the centre of the village that wouldn't, would serve no other useful purpose other than residential accommodation. And uh, the way in which the proposal is framed is, to me, uh, appropriate in keeping with its surroundings. It doesn't. Uh, um, it doesn't provide any uh, visual deterioration. Uh, one of the, uh, I see on the officer's report on the last page, reason for refusal, the proposed development caused the loss of an open, undeveloped area. Uh, in this particular case, um, I, I don't think it's particularly open. It, it is, in fact, uh, it has hedgerows all around it, and, and to my mind, it's. Uh, uh, having an undeveloped area of that kind in the centre of the village is out of keeping, and having two dwellings of the kind proposed to fill that gap uh, would be very much in, in keeping, and uh, I would like to propose that we uh, uh, approve this application. And your reason would be not, it would not cause significant harm to the rural character of the area? Absolutely. I would guess because that's what I've written down. <laughs> so I'm going to second you. I, I think you put it so much better, Chair. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, any further comments? Uh, Councillor Mills. Uh, just briefly, Chairman, I think we've had four very eloquently well-informed speakers who have perhaps uh, picked up all of the relevant points. Um, I should be supporting this application. Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Well, we've had four well-informed and eloquent speakers who have uh, an ineloquent one now. Um, well, well uh, one of the speakers, one of the applicants actually pointed out, I was going to mention this, that they had a white ditch lane in Newport. And it does seem these rules and these guidelines and these reservations, whatever, get trundled out or put back in that box according to, I don't know, it doesn't seem to hold a lot of logic, some of this. And I do remember in White Ditch Lane, the substantial development. The place is narrow, it's got water running down each side of it, the street I'm talking about, you know. If ever that was a place unsuitable development, that was it. No, no, we'll stuff a load of houses in there. But we put two up here in Wellington, and suddenly it's the end of the world. I, I, I just don't see it. Um, so I will certainly support this. I would, however, Chairman, say that if you look at the, the image on your screens, uh, it's just crying out for backland development. Uh, you can stuff another couple of houses down the back there without any trouble at all. Um, it may well be we can apply some sort of caveat or condition to make that more difficult, and I think that would not be a bad idea. Um, I can just see two or maybe even three dwellings going towards the back of it. Any so application would come before this committee, so... But it's hard and true. We cannot, we cannot uh, do that. If there's a presumption against it, then that has to be overcome when it comes before this committee. At the moment, there wouldn't be a presumption against it. But otherwise, I, I'm perfectly happy with this. I think it, the arguments that have been presented uh, are eloquent and uh, sound, in my view. Chair, Chair yes. before you go to the votes, obviously, I need to mention conditions. So I think, uh, so I don't know if you can help on conditions. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously up to you um, as a committee to decide what the resolution would be. Um, but I mean, I have listed down um, a number of types of conditions that <coughs> would be recommended if you're minded to approve. Um, but as to the actual specific wording of them, it would be up to you as to whether that's something that would need to come back before you as a committee to decide or whether 
I don't know if it's possible to delegate authority to officers to do this specific wording, but I could just list off the, the types of conditions if you'd rather. Yes, that now. Yeah. Um, firstly, the standard time limit condition of three years. Um, another condition which was recommended by our ecological consultant, it was just the ecological measures are implemented in accordance with the submitted ecology report. Thirdly, um, construction of the access prior to occupation of the dwellings, quite a standard highways condition. Um, another highways condition is just to ensure that there's no surface runoff from the driveway onto the road, causing hazards from water and ice. Uh, then there would be a condition uh, recommended to ensure that tree protection measures are approved prior to commencement. There are a number of trees tree preservation orders at the front of the site and we just, they're not actually affected really by any of the buildings but it would just be a case of making sure construction is carried out properly so that they're protected. Another condition would be that the dwellings are built in accordance with the accessible design requirements in the building regulations as is the case with um, every new build dwelling that, that we approve. And then finally, just two conditions. One would be to approve samples or photographs, details of the external finishes prior to commencement, and then also uh, full details of the hard and soft landscaping prior to commen commencement as well. And surface water and foul water drainage? Uh, no, I mean, surface water drainage-wise, um, this site is far below the threshold where we'd be looking for sustainable okay, drainage so systems, so it would be the usual building yeah. regulations okay. and things like that, so no, there'd be no conditions on those. Okay, fine, thank you. Councillor Mills. Oh, Councillor Well, yeah, I think I, I agree. As we went against the MPPF on the last application, put 35 houses on an open space, I don't see any reason why we shouldn't put two on this open space, so I will be voting for this. Thank you. Councillor Mills? <coughs> um, I'm just a little bit concerned about the community orchard. Uh, it's so isolated. Um, how's it going to be maintained, and can we make that part of the Section 106? And or, you know, uh, I, I presume it's something that was wanted within the neighbourhood plan. Uh, but its use in this location I find to be a little bit sort of stretched. Um, I can easily see it becoming part of the bottom of these gardens. So I just wondered whether alternatives like a contribution to the village community or something like that might be in place or might have been preferable um, and whether that could have been explored. There's not going to be any passing trade for a table selling apples and pears out the front gate, is there? So. To be honest, it depends how crucial you think the community orchard is to whether or not you approve this development. Um, you know, if that's an incredibly important factor to you to outweigh specific harm, then yes, you might want to put certain conditions on there. Or there, as it stands, there would be no section 106 agreement, but you might decide there needs to be one. Um, However, it's whether you view it as a crucial positive effect that outweighs a negative, or if it's actually just a, an add-on that doesn't necessarily need to be tightly regulated, but that's entirely up to you. Fairhurst and Councillor Hicks. Mr Chairman, I think the orchard is rather a nice touch. Um, I do think we have to watch that um, um, walkway that they're, all, that they're offering to build 
um, or to offer to get access to Yorkshire. And of course, this, the land next to it isn't owned by them. It would be really nice if that was kept, and it's, it's, some could acquire that. But the orchard itself is a rather nice and, and in keeping with that particular village's special um, identity. So I don't know if this is a 106 thing. I would rather, I would always support the orchard. Sorry, can I ask Luke, is, is the orchard in the Red Land? It's not, is it? Or is it in the same ownership? So, we could be done by condition, I would say. And I'd, I'd be in terms, you know, in terms of the provision of the orchard. <laughs> Well, the, or the orchard forms part of the proposal, yeah. and so it would be... An orchard know, with access for the public. Yeah, as seen on this plan here yeah. on, the, on the screen now, so there is that. Um, well, I did mention there's a standard landscaping condition that we'd be putting on anyway about the soft and hard and soft landscaping, that would be agreed. Yeah, it would be. I would be. Yeah, I would, I would advise members not to overcomplicate it, to be yeah. honest, because... Um, it's all very fluid today, <laughs> so I would say, I, I uh, think it, it can be covered by the condition in terms of its provision and the ongoing maintenance, and you know, it, it, it can happen. Let's just have faith in the community, I think. Mean. <laughs> uh, Councillor Hicks. Uh, thank you, Chairman. The, uh, it was suggested that, uh, it, to, or rather, the question was posed was the orchard part of the uh, integral part of the proposal for approval and uh, since I was the person who proposed approval I would like to uh, assure him that the orchard played no part in my uh, um, choice of the decision in this matter and uh, whether it's uh, uh, dropped out of the uh, uh, proposal or <coughs> in is immaterial. Uh, the, I, I feel the arguments I used to come to a decision where it will yeah. obviously suffer. So. I, I would agree. It's certainly a bonus for the eco-credentials uh, of the site. Okay, we're going to go to a vote then, uh, members. We have a proposal and that's been seconded for approval. All those in subject to the conditions as Mr Mills uh, outlined. All those in favour, please show. And against? Thank you. That application is approved. I have a request for a five minute pit stop and so we'll adjourn for five minutes.
Back in session. The next item on the agenda is application UTT 163634. It's a householder application for full planning consent and it's in Linzel. And Mrs. Denmark will make our presentation, members. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This um, application is before you because Ottersford is the applicant. Um, the proposal relates to. Um, by Whitegate at Holder Screen Linzel and it relates to the creation of a vehicular crossover and the um, formation of a hard standing to serve the property. This is the site. Um, the, um, the access will be constructed to Essex County Council Highway Standards and um, it's recommended that the application be approved. Sorry, Councillor Chambers. I will propose approval, Mr Chairman. Thank you. There's a fine seconder, Councillor Riles. Thank you. Uh, any comments forthcoming? I will go to the vote. All those in favour, please show. That application is approved. The next item on the agenda, application 163635, a householder application for full planning consent in Main Road, Felstead, and again Mrs Denmark will make our presentation. Again, this is an application that's submitted by Ottersford District Council. 
it relates to three bentons, it's for a crossover and a hard stand-in, this is the site, it will be constructed to county highway standards and it's recommended for approval. Thank you Mrs Denmark. Councillor Chambers? <coughs> Obviously Mr Chairman, uh, well, Councillor Mills wants me to uh, propose approval so I will do so. Uh, no, Mr. Uh, Councillor Chambers, I can't accept that, thank you. You cannot say, obviously, Mr. <laughs> Councillor Mills. <laughs> I'm going to strike that from the record. Right. Councillor Riles. Uh, I'll propose uh, approval. Thank you, Councillor Riles. Is that final seconder? I'll second it from the chair. All those in favour, please show. <coughs> Eric? Nine. That application is approved. <laughs> and the next item on the agenda is application 170167. It's a householder application for full planning consent. It's in Cromwell Road, Saffron Morton. And members, I would ask you please to rein in your enthusiasm for overturning recommendations. This is Mr. Tyler's first presentation to you. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you. Uh, the application um, is referred to you because it's a, um, an employee member of uh, UDC. The application site comprises of a two-storey, semi-detached property located on Cromwell Road, Cromwell Road, Saffron Walden. The area includes a mixture of scale and design properties that actively contribute to the character of the area. Uh, the dwelling includes a small porch to the front elevation and external finishes of hanging tiles, white cladding, red bricks under a tiled roof. The application relates to the replacement of existing hanging tiles with marley cement board cladding. Uh, no, sorry, no comments or objections have been received from uh, neighbouring properties or town council. Following photos relate to the uh, street scene and that there are different varieties of materials along there um, and there's no specific uniform uh, of appearance there. <laughs> the uh, main planning consideration are whether the proposal will respect the appearance of the original dwelling or impact the visual amenity of the area. The area consists of 1970s, 1980s properties and have undergone uh, external alterations and materials vary. The replacement of the existing tiles will make a material change to the appearance of the dwelling. However, it's not considered this will be harmful to the overall character of the dwelling or street scene. The proposal calls of local plan policies and is therefore uh, recommended for approval. Thank you, Mr. Tyler. Uh, Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I actually chair the committee that uh, looks after plans and planning for the Town Council, and this was certainly considered, and we did certainly uh, have no objections. And that may or may not have been communicated, it should have been positively communicated to you that we did not object. I remember going out there to have a look at it to make sure for myself. So, no problems from us, but it was reported, I'm sure. Thank you, Councillor Freeman. Um, was that a proposal for approval? No. 
There's no comments in the. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I, I certainly I propose approval. Thank you. That's what I was going for. Thank you. Is that fine? The seconder. Hey, Councillor Hicks. Thank you. Um, if I, Councillor Lodge. Pardon my ignorance on this, but Marley's cement board is not something I've probably seen it, but <laughs> I'd really like to know what it looks like. Is it? It's a wood grain defect um, panel. We can't zoom in on that, can we? Because that's what's existing on the on the, <coughs> on the porch at the moment. Yeah. Oh, that stuff. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. This looks like remarkably like if I take myself back to the 19, we were 100 and frozen to death. Um, a Fairview house um, and when I was a uh, senior planning, uh, senior architecture assistant at Fairview, we had great fun. The only thing we could do, all the, all the schemes were plotted by outside consultants and all we had to do was select front door colour and we had great fun doing that. But we agonised over whether they were going to be boarded or, or tiled on. Uh, who had their hand up over there? Councillor Rives, thank you. Yeah, I'm probably getting extremely thick. I do understand um, an application having to come here to give you the person employee, but why is, why is this even a need planning commission? Is it because it's an employee of the council, yeah. so it needs to be. Even if it's not, it's not because it's a, absolutely anything at all. Yeah, and when you're no longer a councillor in 50 years' time and you want to make something, we have to come here as well. Yeah. Right, okay, thank you. Thanks for the clarification. Okay. Any further comments, then? Okay, let's go to the vote. We've got a proposal and a second. All those in favour, please show. Fine, that application is also approved. Thank you. And the final uh, item on our agenda is Chief Officer's Report Appeals Chart. And there is a revised uh, chart issued from that that originally came out. Mr. Yeah, Brown. The original. Well, the original one that came out had no decisions on it. Exactly. But the one that's currently online. That's the one's all right, I should have a decision. So it's a good test to see which one's are So, so what you have in front, it may not be in your, it depends if you've got paper copies of you, whether you've got them online. Online ones, correct. No. Oh yeah, sorry, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, if, you, if you've gone on to the link, um, re-take, re the significant one that I see was um, in Ashton Road where they got the appeal got allowed. Yeah. Councillor Lodge. Yeah. Uh, my, my, question. my question is in, on uh, 48 Longhorse Croft. Uh, does this then mean a demolition? It does, yeah. The refusal of a dismissal now means we now need to consider whether or not we're going to take a course of action. It would be foolish not to. But we also we need to look at whether or not that's going to result. It, it also depends on why it was reviewed, why it was dismissed. So um, the first issue is we now need to go back to them and say either address it or we will take a course of action. So that will be the next stage. Um, I've just picked up, but that is. That should happen by now. Yeah, okay. yeah it's, it's sort of it's a fairly um, significant thing, isn't it? Uh, uh, two arguments say you, you shouldn't have built it without uh, without permission, obviously, but uh, could be a very serious issue for the 
for the homeowner yeah. who spent all his savings on it. So I'm, I'm sure we'll deal with it sympathetically though. Yeah, Perhaps you can report back to us. Yeah, I, I certainly will. And you will yeah. start continuing forcing reports as well. We're almost at that stage. So yeah, well, it's my, it's my, uh, my ward, so I would be yeah. interested. I, uh, I haven't seen anything on it. Why would I not have seen it? I'm concerned, actually, that, that with the date of this dismissed appeal, and I'm looking blank at you. So leave that one. Yeah, if you give, yeah. give me a report later. Thank you. Gas so, free. Just thank you, Jim. Uh, the number two Ashton Road, which happens to be in my ward, that's uh, why I called it in. Um, can uh, the officers comment on uh, the fact that this has been granted on appeal? It seemed to be fairly robust arguments that we were making. Perhaps we comment on the, the approval against officer recommendation to refuse, sorry, the recommendation to approve, members refused it on backland reasons, which can be quite robust, they are defensible, but it, they can be, it depends, it really does vary depending on the inspector and terms of what you want that issue. In terms of he concluded that the, um, the position of the drain to the rear did not cause disturbance to the drain because it goes past post dwelling, it doesn't cause disturbance, and also doesn't cause issue in terms of the character of the air into the rear. Um, so that's usually judgmental. It's always it really is every case on its merits when it comes to backjack sites and different inspectors make different decisions. Um, I think personally, when members, to be honest with you, when I first went there and members were reminded to refuse it, I, I thought, well actually I think I would agree with you on that one. So it's a difficult decision. So maybe the original officer was right, but sometimes it could go the other way. Any further comments? No, fine, then I'll declare the meeting closed at... <coughs> 405, thank you. Too late? No, she wasn't. I was. I'll just retract my, my hammer. <laughs> Sorry, well, you can put me down for saying this for every single meeting until it happens, but I keep asking for member training and it just ain't happening. And uh, I'd like to ask. Mr. Brown, why not? We're under the cosh, seriously under the cosh in terms of trying to get stuff done. Um, so yes, but that is noted. I do agree that member training is, is, is over, well not overdue because you don't know what you're doing, but overdue in terms of we need to do some development. You do know what you're doing. Yes, <laughs> not just because training is overdue. We, are, we need to do some sessions and I, and I will try to move that one forward. Well, you sweet talker, you. You say that every time. <laughs> and you keep falling for it every yeah. time. <laughs> if, I, if I may, once we've got Mr. Brown's attention, Sorry, no, if I may, it could be well worthwhile, I suggest, for us to actually hire somebody to come in to give us member training, because the problem with being trained by officers is that it perpetrates whatever um, philosophies we have within Uttlesford. Um, the town council went and hired um, a training professional, planning professional to come and give us a course, which is extremely interesting, and I have to say significantly at variance with this district council in many of its recommendations. I think it would be not a bad thing to actually get a bit of outbreathing into the system and bring in some people from outside, Jim. No, no, I think it's a bit of a bad choice of words uh, if you're inferring that inbreeding is, is going on. No, I think the issue, I think that was actually that was what me and Karen were discussing, to be honest, because um, Andrew was very 
I'm not very supportive of us bringing someone for external to do it. I'm, I'm very much supportive. Um, I would disagree with you in terms of saying you know, may not, you may hear the same thing but done in a different way by somebody else. But um, but it's always good to hear rather than just me rank going on and on and on. Councillor Chambers. Just on the just on the record, the way the way that it works with uh, Devon Reg at uh, Chelmsford, which is a, a planning committee, as you know, for specialist areas, we we have a very regular one hour every single session, and people come to it and we get benefit. So it could be could be the lunchtime, could be the lunchtime. But well, that's what we always used to have and have had for years, just half an hour, an hour at lunchtime, mm. and that would. I know you're very busy and I do understand that with the local plan and everything and I wouldn't ask you to do anything that would give you a heart attack or anything but um, I, you know I think an hour and a half or a, an hour beg your pardon, or a half an hour in lunchtime on the days of committee meetings I'm not against an outsider coming in but that will be a cost to the council I'm not saying that your time isn't but the consultants tend to be very expensive yeah, we can do, we can do.